Some of you don't know the name, but that's that guy from the Hunger Games. Transformers the last night. Beauty and the Beast and Spotlight. Writer and director of Big Night. Hello and welcome to another episode of Standing Stanley Tucci. Uh, I'm a huge Stan fan. My name's David. And I'm Hannah, and wow. Uh, our last tooch was was tough. That was a toughie. <laughs> this one was was a lot more interesting. Yeah. See, last uh, time we did jury duty, and uh, <laughs> Tucci played a juror. Uh, but in this one, he's assistant district attorney, uh, and he's uh, he's sort of a baddie in this one too. I mean, it, yeah. it's pretty typical for the '90s. But this is Kiss of Death. It's the 1995 remake of uh, a Hollywood film from 1947. It was sort of an obscure film. I'm not sure exactly what made them want to remake it. Um, it was actually know. a box office flop. Like It did not make back its initial investment. So, you know, my personal theory, you know, since I can't find any, like, write-ups on the production of this obscure 95 film, go figure... Uh, my guess is that Nick Nick Cage was the the guy who made this thing happen. So somebody mm-hmm. came to him with a pitch like, "Hey, there's this great, you know, old Hollywood noir kind of uh, you know, gangland movie about, you know, lawyers and and wearing a wire and going to the cops. You know, this is The Wire, was it out yet? Was this pre-wire? No. no. Well, NYPD Blue was big. <laughs> Hence the David Caruso. <laughs> Um, wait, wait, wait. We'll get to the cast in a second. <laughs> but I think Nick Cage was the guy who pushed for this because he related to the character. In the original, his name was Tommy Udo. And he was just like a hired hitman who had some weird quirks. He was sort of like a Joker kind of guy. Like Batman Joker. And he had a um, an inhaler. And he would always like suck on the inhaler. And he'd have this cackling sort of laugh. And I think he liked that character, who then got adapted into Nick Cage's character, which combined a couple elements from other characters from the original, uh, and he became Little Junior, uh, who Cage (laughs) describes as like a big baby. He's like a big, stupid baby. Um, Um... and I think uh, I think that's what made the film really come together is this this kind of psychopathic son of a mob boss who then takes over after his dad dies, um, yeah, and vindictively goes after David Caruso's character who's just a uh, you know just a guy trying to survive you know trying to do just, right by his family a good hardworking criminal. Yeah, yeah. So the cast list for like you know just stars is kind of all over the place. Um, yeah, Helen Hunt plays David Caruso's wife. Right. Uh, and you know David Caruso, obviously, for those who don't quite recognize the name, it's the the the, the CSI Miami guy. That's, that's him. <laughs> right. But before that, he was the NYPD Blue guy, and that was, he uh, was a critically acclaimed sort of show. And he was trying to launch his film career, which obviously did not take off because he ended up on David. But but everyone our age and younger <laughs> only knows him as the CSI Miami guy. Well, yeah! and older maybe <laughs> maybe our parents <laughs> mainly know him as that. Um, anyway, uh, like we said, Tucci he plays um, this. This District attorney. crooked DA, but he's actually an assistant DA. 
um, who, you know, is trying to take down some mob guys. And so he's trying to get all of the little guys to flip, you know, make deals so they rat on him. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's honor among thieves, so it's uh, it's difficult to, to get them to do that. And so he's just mm-hmm. kind of playing like a shady lawyer. And I think that's a good role for him because he's classy, but he's yeah. also kind of shady, you know, in his yeah. perception in the 90s. He's, um, he's got that perfect um, political sleazy charm to him yeah. where, you know, you, you want to kind of trust the things he's saying, but you also get the vibe that he's like a huge asshole. <laughs> Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. His character's name is Frank Zioli, which all the characters' names are different than they were in the uh, in the original. original film. But he was also, you know, Italian in that film. But I think played by a non-Italian actor. So, so Italian rep, unlike today with Chris Pratt as Mario. I mean, <laughs> what what yeah. are we even I, doing? What about what about Stan Tucci as Mario? He just comes in and he's like, um, yes, I'd like I'd like a, a super mushroom, please. David, yeah. this is what I'm telling you. <laughs> Stanley Tucci should play Mario. Like that is oh, justice man. for Tucci. Yep, would um, be incredible. Yeah, so why don't we ju- jump into the, the plot of the film and we'll bring up any other actors who appear as they as oh, they do. You're just, you're just leaving our whomst we also tantalizingly in your background. I know, I know. Uh, All right, so, <laughs> so we kick off with David Caruso getting called in for one last job. Right, by, by Michael asshole. Rappaport, who, you know, at one point was cast as these, like, young mobster guys <laughs> but now is very much not uh is i guess known for his comedy maybe for being on podcasts uh and also for you know playing like tv dads um but you know whatever um yeah he calls him for one last because they're gonna kill me man they're gonna kill me uh, yeah. So he he just he's got to be the driver. Um, so mm-hmm. they're pulling some kind of job that requires a bunch of truck drivers, and he's driving a truck. He gets they're there. stealing a bunch of cars and putting yeah. them on a ship. Yeah, they're they're, they're transporting the things. They've already stolen them. Yeah. They're already hot. Uh, so they um, they go to do the job, but the guy that they originally hired to be the driver driver is still there, and he's drunk off his ass, can't do the job. Mm-hmm. So that's when pissed off Nicolas Cage bursts on the scene literally shoving his his beefy arm into frame and grabbing Michael Rappaport by the throat I gotta say Nick Cage is bulked up for this <laughs> he's role he's as bulky as he has ever been uh, you know we're talking Con Air sort of build but with just this awful goatee just the <laughs> ugliest it's face ruining goatee Primo um, Nick Cage. <laughs> and yeah, and it's quite a Nick Cage performance, honestly. Um, so he's it's, like, I'm going so to kill unhinged. you, Michael Rappaport. I'm going to kill you, Ronnie. Um, and then he goes to kill the drunk guy. Uh, but, uh, you know, the honorable, you know, the the wonderful David Caruso. Like, he's like, I got to save him. So he puts him in the car with him. But he wakes up in the middle of them doing the job. Uh, and then you know, panics, pulls out a gun, and uh, and shoots at a cop. At which point, uh, David Caruso tries to block the bullet. So again, he's like, he's the good criminal. You know, he's the yeah. criminal you root for. He puts his hand in front of a gun. Right. And the cop, who pulls them over, 
is none other than Samuel L. Jackson, which I believe oh, yeah. this is the first time that uh, that he's... Uh, no, wait. Was there one where he appeared with Tucci before? I don't think so. I think this is the first. Yeah, you're right. It is. <laughs> um, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> if he was somewhere in the background in one of the movies we already talked about. <laughs> But, Didn't um, you see him in the vicious circle? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking another one of the mob movies, but um, mm. yeah, Samuel L. Jackson, and he gets shot right in the face, and then there's a great shot where um, you know they're both being brought into the hospital because David Cruz has now got a big stupid hole in his hand, um, <laughs> <laughs> and he just looks over at him like, "You piece of shit." <laughs> you're going down for this hard you know it's even though you tried to stop that guy from shooting you were part of the job so you're going down for a long time mm-hmm. um but you know david caruso he's he's got his own lawyer he's like a shady mob lawyer type and he's like yeah we can get you down to two years and it's like two years like you, you can't you can't you know get me probation or something or time served or mm-hmm. anything um and so he's got to leave behind his wife and kid with no income. But, of course, the mob takes care of their own. Right, Anna? Well, they're supposed to. Well. <laughs> but scumbag Ronnie comes scumbag back into the picture. Ronnie. Uh, and, you know, he's supposed to pay him out of his own pocket, you know, $400. A week. A week. He he's pocketing two fifty and only giving them one fifty a week, right. so that he can take advantage of David Crusoe's hot wife, played by Helen Hunt. Yeah, so I, you know this is like sort of textbook from the you know original movie. It, you know this this guy who we thought he could trust takes advantage of uh, of the situation, and then uh, you know trigger warning sexual assault. He goes and rapes his wife is it is it definitely rape okay definitely she was completely passed out um okay he gets her drunk and then drives her her back to his place um and 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 then rapes her in the original movie they didn't show anything you don't even Mm -hmm. like meet the character like her, her part got cut out and so you just hear somebody say like hey yeah so the guy that you trusted to take care of your wife uh Turns out he raped her, and then and then in the original she commits suicide. Mm. Um, in this one, instead of committing suicide, they went with she's still kind of groggy and you know panicked because she out. was just you know traumatized, and she gets in a car and drives out in the street, gets hit by a truck. Um, so you know, Caruso goes to the funeral. He you know he sees Ronnie there. He's like, hey Ronnie. What was she doing driving your car? What was she doing there? And then he finds out that, uh, you know, what he did. And, like, I guess as far as he knows, he just slept with his wife. And then his wife died. But, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, Still who, bad. who would sleep with Michael Rappaport voluntarily? So, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> No, I mean, he knows, like, you know, his wife would not cheat on him. Um, so yeah. he knows that, that Ronnie is a rat, and he's a rapist, and he's a bad person. Um, yeah. So, so he basically he says, makes a deal. With, uh, yeah. Yeah, he makes a deal with the with 
Stanley Tucci, yeah. and he gives him everyone except for Ronnie. Yeah. You know, and and he's like, oh, you better pick me up on this too, otherwise, you know, they're gonna think like, I'm a rat. Exactly. So, so he games the system a little right. bit to make everyone think that Ronnie's the rat. That it's right. I mean, Ronnie. so this is the premise of basically the whole movie is that you know he's put in this tough situation because he went down for this job and mm-hmm. he can't just rat on people but he wants those people who put him in jail to suffer um so it's about the relationship between mob loyalty and mob honor codes and truth and justice and righteousness because i don't even think it's so much about mob honor codes that's the thing like i think it's more so that he was willing to go down for the mob. Then the mob sleeps with his wife and he's like, fuck the mob, but I also don't want to get killed. And then it's the tension between him not wanting to get killed and, like, protecting his family. No, you're, you're <laughs> you right. Know? And it's about the way that the the legal system, like, doesn't care about the good guys, the good criminals. Right. You know, yeah. it just sees all of, all of crime as, like, a way to improve their careers. And everyone yeah. in, like, from the cops to the the feds, everybody is, like, and, and also all the lawyers are all just out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you know, David Caruso, he's put it right in the middle because he's disposable. Um, right. So it's, I think it's a great little narrative that we're weaving. And, like, I can totally see why Tucci would want to be a part of it. Um, and like we said, like, his performance is stellar uh and I, I i'm thinking that he got brought on the project because of his previous work with nick cage because again i think nick cage was a big you know crafter of this film and i don't think any of the producers are overlapping between this and it could happen to you sure but this was nick cage shot this film and the last film back to back so either like he had some pull or something or it's just there's a Maybe- limited casting pool in new york in 1994 (laughs) maybe they had a you know their agents knew each other or something yeah yeah maybe they maybe they had similar representation i mean yeah it's new york it's you know it's his home it's his home turf but uh, and it's another mob movie and it's another mob movie so he's in all of those so um so you know the mob finds out ronnie's snitching he's not but (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> for, for the sake of this, he's snitching. Um, and so Nick Cage comes and uh, beats him to death and kills him. Right. Just, in like a pretty him. insanely humorous way. They all come yeah. in wearing these ponchos and, and Michael Rappaport is just like, what, like what? what's, what's going on? You guys going uh, going pontoon boating or something? You know, Fishing? You guys going on a whaling? Uh... <laughs> Uh, anyway, so, so they, they, like, close all the blinds and, um, you know, they hold him down and he puts on this fingerless glove and he, you know, he flexes it and he's, like, he beats him to death right there yeah. while playing on the boombox. What song is playing? Oh, my gosh. It's something... It's uh, Jump Around. Jump that's Around, yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> it's the 90s. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like the the point is that it's humorously, uh, you know, it's humorously bizarre that he would right. be playing that song while beating a man to death. <laughs> um, 
Uh, um, great scene. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. it speaks to exactly that, like, he's playing this character who, in the original, was just, like, a hired hitman who delighted in killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, in the original movie, there's, like, a scene where he, like, ties up a woman uh, in a wheelchair with, like, um, <laughs> with, like... Uh, an extension cord and then pushes her down the stairs like just like a real oh sicko um, and so Nick Cage is trying to embody, embody that part of it but he's also like a dumb guy which I also he's like, like he's, he's like a so fail dumb son. he's great yeah the first um, time we see him or like one of the first times that we see him like hanging with his dad in their strip club um, he's like lifting a woman over his head like like benching her uh, and she's he's just like, Dad, like Dad, I'm gonna get to 40. Watch me. <laughs> uh, his dad, by the way, played by Philip Baker Hall. Um, I don't know where I know him from exactly, but like you see him everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, he was in that Seinfeld episode where he was the librarian detective guy. <laughs> um, and. Uh, yeah, he he plays an old man in a Modern Family episode that I uh, remember very strongly. But he's you know he's just in everything. He's an Argo. He's like, you know he's a character Argo. actor. I mean they all are, but yeah. like he's he's a great character actor. Yeah, I can't I can't I can't do do him any more justice than that, unfortunately. <laughs> Meanwhile, parole time. He's up. David Caruso gets to get out, and he's fallen in love with his former babysitter who's been looking after his daughter. Yeah. Um, and they get married, and, you know, things are going to be okay. But yeah. then Stanley Tucci, on his last day in prison, <laughs> comes over and is like, listen, I want more names. Give them to me. <laughs> he's like, no way. And he's like, okay, then I guess maybe you'll... Uh, you know, maybe you gotta wear a wire. You gotta day. be an informant, and he's got to yeah. do it because he wants to protect his kid, and he wants to make money for his kid, and he, you know, he needs something. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that earlier, when he gave up names, he specifically didn't want to be let out of prison because then everybody would know he would, you know, be in on it. So instead of he requested to go see his daughter, who was living yeah. up in Buffalo, uh, with his uh, sister-in-law. And, you know, so, like, when it cuts to the future, they have, like, a decent relationship. They can visit each other, you know, they see each other. Whereas if he had just, like, wrote a letter saying, like, hey, I'm in prison, I want to see my daughter, like, that's not going to work. Right. Yeah. So, so, they, they make him, uh, they make him a a paid informant. Mm -hmm. And so he's got to go undercover. They want, uh, they want Little Junior. They want Nick Cage. Um, and you see all these, like, crazy things that he's doing at this point. Like, um, at one, when he's, like, at the strip club, uh... Well, okay, his, his father dies, so he's right. in mourning. Yeah. And, and... Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know, if, I don't even remember exactly when this scene happens, but he, he's in the strip club, and there's a guy, like, <laughs> harassing one of the dancers... Oh, no, this happens after that. Okay. Right. So I don't remember when this scene is, but I'm just saying, like, we're spending a lot of time with this Nick Cage little junior guy. And yeah. one of the scenes is he he, he sees this harasser, um, and then he says, you know, put your hand on the table. Which hand did you touch her with? Put it on the table. And then you think he's going to, like, break his wrist or, you know, br- light a cigarette on his, uh, on his hand. And then he says... How could we show you 
what it feels like to be one of these dancers and see all of what they do. You think go this job's easy? <laughs> I like he's right. Easy. He's got a point. Like, so he's a he criminal with a point. Strip down to his underwear and go dance on stage. I think it's incredible. I think any any man misbehaving uh, at a strip club should have to have a similar punishment. Right. But it's also like a total dumb guy like <laughs> response to to this. Like he thinks he's such a badass, you know. He thinks he's like the master of of everything. Um and 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 he's like totally in control, but he's just like a goofy like fail son kind of guy <laughs> who's just like, "Yeah, you you go strip for us." <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, that's also reinforced when he, uh, he tells, uh, <laughs> he tells David Caruso his nickname for himself, his acronym, <laughs> Yeah, which is B-A-D, uh, what was it, Balls, uh, shit, I didn't write it down. <laughs> <laughs> what does it stand for? It's like, Balls, uh... Balls, Adrenaline, Desire, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Oh yeah, there it is. (laughs) It's so much better than I thought it was. (laughs) I have an acronym for myself. Know what it is? B-A-D. Balls, Attitude, Direction. (laughs) Yes. Very good. And then he says, you should give yourself an acronym because it helps you visualize your goals. He's like doing (laughs) The Secret. It's so good. Oh my god. And then David Caruso's like, oh, well, mine's F-A-B, fuck the birth. And uh, he's, you know, he's like, like no, no good. It's too negative. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he's taking it so seriously, like, giving notes, <laughs> like, they're best buds when secretly he's wearing a wire. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, and they put, they, uh, you know, Samuel L. Jackson requests to be put on his case. Mm-hmm. Um, as his like field agent supervisor yeah. and he like drags him out to like the middle of nowhere and then starts like just beating him up no um, that's when they go take him to see his daughter yeah well I mean it was earlier but okay. when they first meet he <laughs> he takes him out to like <laughs> to like the pier or something and then just starts beating him um, and uh, and he's just like well you know <laughs> I guess I gotta take it because he's a cop. I can't fight back. Um, yeah, this this movie is is pretty anti cop. Which yeah, is, but I mean, at the same nice. time, Samuel Jackson, you know, he explains his motivation. And it makes a lot of sense. You know, he's like, you know, I can't hear in this ear. I can't see in this eye. I can't go to I the can't beach. Take my kids to the beach. I can't go to the beach without the sun like making me have like searing headaches and like pain. Um, cause it was like, it went like by his brain, you know, like his mm-hmm. like nerves are all screwed up now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's really mad at David Chris. <laughs> Doesn't mean you should get to beat him up. No. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and so he's on that case and he's like, you know, I chose to be assigned to you, but now he's like monitoring him like while he's on the wire. And so if he has to like t- rip it off, cause they're going to check him for a wire, um, he's like, if you take that wire off again, I'll kill you myself. Um, so he's like between a rock and a hard place. It's so tough. Um, anyway, <laughs> shit goes really bad when Ving Rames shows up. Ving goddamn Rames, who yeah. went to school with Stanley Tucci 
and who Stanley Tucci claims he gave his nickname. Because before that, he yeah. was Irving Rames, and that uh, would not have been as badass a name. So Ving Rames shows up to buy some hot cars, yeah. uh, some stolen vehicles, and he's like, I won't buy anything in red. You know, <laughs> red's a bad luck color. Well, we can paint it. No, it'll still be red underneath. Red underneath. <laughs> he's, it's a great performance. Um, yeah. But then Nick Cage, like, freaks out on him and just shoots him dead um, and says, like, when you mess with the bull, you get the horns. <laughs> um, and, of course, David Caruso, like, wearing a wire is like, oh, my God, you killed him. What did you do? You killed him. Which is, like, it's obvious. It should be obvious he's wearing a wire at that point. But, um you know, whatever. Anyway, so they get the tape, but shit goes wrong. You want to explain mm-hmm. what happens next? Yeah, so, you know, he goes to make a, a phone call and then gets kidnapped by by uh, Ving Rhames's, like goons. And he's like, ah, oh, shit, I'm going to go get killed. Like, damn it. But then they, they pull into this warehouse where a bunch of guys in suits are. Turns out, he was a federal agent undercover! Uh, but they didn't tell, they didn't tell the, new, the NYPD investigation. And so, you know, it's, the, it's the, the oldest, like, story in the cop book is, like, the feds, <laughs> the CIs come in and they're, like, trying to mess with, uh, mess with local police and local, uh, you know, district attorneys. <laughs> and yeah. so... They want to run it as a federal case. They take it. They take it to court, and um, the the shady mob lawyer comes in and is just like, "Listen, you know, he was a federal agent. You know, my client didn't know he was a federal agent. What if that federal agent was doing things inappropriately? I want you guys to reveal if uh, he was on any medications." Or if he put any guns on the streets when he was pretending to be a you know a dealer, and then the the feds are like, uh oh, oh. <laughs> this is gonna look really bad for me uh, as a federal <laughs> bureaucracy for the FBI uh, if we ended up contributing to a lot of crime on the streets in our yeah. attempts to get the mob criminals you know, or right. organized crime. So they drop the case against like yeah. the most clear evidence that this guy is a murderer and killed uh, Ving Rhames. Right. Um, and so David Crusoe's like, what the hell? You know, they've got him in, like, witness protection, and they're, like, moving him. He's in Atlantic City, then they're upstate. Um, and while they're upstate, I guess someone from the mob finds his daughter, steals her, and writes B-A-D across her yeah. forehead. I don't even know. Maybe this was, like, from the original film or something. I'm not sure. But, like, it doesn't make sense. Because, like, you should probably want to actually kidnap her. Unless you, like, think you yeah. can't get away because there's too many cops or something. But in any case, yeah. it's, like, a really bizarre thing to do. It is something Nick Cage would do. <laughs> It's something his character would certainly do because he's something again, so stupid to just crazy. write it with periods between each of the letters, so it looks like the acronym for balls attitude direction. So, so it's acronym, but he keeps calling it acronym. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is which is great. It's his acronym. <laughs> um. Yeah. Great. Great film. So it ends with like a big uh, action climax, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but first, 
the the feds talk to Stanley Tucci, right? And this is his big scene. He's eating a hot dog. Yeah. It's he's 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 owning the scene. Oh, he yeah. completely he's outside dominates the, the narrative by simply yeah. saying, um, "Wow, you guys screwed up this case, <laughs> this bad. Wow, you guys must suck." And it's like, I'm going to just pursue it anyway. I'm going to get him locked up, you know? That looks good you, for me. Right. And if you haven't, if you weren't doing it, mm, sorry. Like, if that evidence comes to light, no, nah, it's not, not on me. Yeah. I, How I does that affect me? And then he's like, all right, what do you want? It's like, what do I want? <laughs> I want a federal judgeship. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the ballsiest move. I mean, talk about balls, attitude, direction. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> He should have the acronym, the acronym bad, because he, he just goes from assistant DA to, to federal judge just by saying, like, look, I'm going to tell everybody what you did, um, you federal agent who could easily have me killed. Anyway, um, so, so that's what's going on there. David Caruso confronts Stanley Tucci about it. And he's like, you know, what What are you doing? You're going to get me and my family killed. And he's like, hey, that's no skin off my nose. <laughs> you're you're expendable. Yeah, basically. Which is exactly uh, what it's about. Um, yeah. The expendability uh, of, uh, of the, the criminal class. The uh, Right. So uh, so at this point, on. David David Caruso and um, Samuel L. Jackson have sort of bonded. They've trauma bonded a little <laughs> um, over the fact that, you know... He, David Caruso clearly cares for his daughter, and Samuel L. Jackson can relate to that. And, you know, he he sees that Caruso really is trying his best to do this. You know, he's on the ground with him. So right. They, yeah. they I mean, he's, he's got to convince him to help him. But, you yeah. know, he's seen that, that Caruso's not really that bad a guy since then. Yeah. And, uh, and Samuel L. Jackson becomes an unlikely partner in... Uh, partner in crime fighting for yeah. for David Crusoe and and so Crusoe <laughs> calls him is like all right I tell you what we got to end this you know how fast can you how- get to the strip club <laughs> and he goes down there and then gets gets Nick Cage to beat him up and then you know confess to all these crimes on uh-huh. like a recording of like just a tape that he had it's not like a legitimate wire that he's wearing but he's got it he goes up to Stan Tucci with it says you think this is enough to convict? And Santucci's like, I don't know. Maybe it's not enough to convict. You know, a, a jury could uh, could claim that he didn't uh, he didn't actually want to kill you, and he didn't actually kill yeah. Omar. Uh, you know, what is he talking about there? It's it's ambiguous when it's really not ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, Well, how's this for ambiguous? And he pulls out a recording of their conversation from earlier, oh, where he confesses shit. to uh, <laughs> to. Dropping a case in order to get a federal judgeship, um, and, uh, and he's like, "How do you think the papers are like that?" And Tucci's like, "Hey, hey, hey hold up a minute! Like, don't do anything crazy." <laughs> and he's like, "I will, I will take this to the newspapers forthwith, sir." Yeah. So a very <laughs> complex plot, a lot of different parts, but it, it's it's reminiscent of a lot of the other mob movies of the time. Uh, so I don't yeah. think. You know, I'm not surprised it didn't get the the sort of acclaim uh, of I don't know. 
it's like it's too complex you know there's not like a clear arc to it the characters don't necessarily grow or change it's just kind of like yeah it's plotted more or less like the 47 version and we're not into those kinds of movies uh, as much anymore you know you could call a movie kiss of death in those times and just have like a lady on the front and a guy and then you imply that it's like an action romance drama whatever and people are like all right i'll go see that like there's no real kissing in this movie it's just a lot of death yeah i mean the relationship with his uh sister-in-law is really downplayed i mean they they kind of cut awkwardly from like a conversation to them having already slept together (laughs) it's just like uh, 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 helen hunt was my wife she died um (laughs) anyway but yeah, so that's the movie. Nick Cage is an absolute fucking treat in this movie. I would recommend it. You so know. that's your whomst we also for this time? It even might be you my whomst we though. also him in the last movie. I don't know. I mean, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson is obviously just like the top tier. But like yeah. Nick Cage's performance, I think for me, just put him over the top this time around. Um, I would probably say I'm going to go really obscure, which is what I do when there's a big <laughs> cast. Um, and I'm going to go with, uh, Kevin Corrigan, <laughs> uh, who was, uh, cast as Kid Selling Stolen Infinity. <laughs> and, um, you may know him from his role in The Departed, but I know him from NBC's Community, where he plays, uh... <laughs> Uh, Professor Professor. Sean Garrity. Oh my god, that's why I recognize that guy. That's so funny. (laughs) So he appears in just one brief scene where he says, I heard from some guy on the inside uh, that you're... That you you sell stolen cars. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, And yeah, he... Very, you know, soon after this would be in The Departed and then... uh, and then would later, much later, get cast in Community as like a drama professor who gets involved in a conspiracy that also involves cops shooting people. So, you know. So it all comes around. It all comes around. <laughs> and then also, he teaches the class on Nick Cage, good or bad. That's so true. <sighs> Oh my gosh. I bet he has a lot of opinions. So that's Having worked my, with him previously. That's my homest wheels. <laughs> incredible, incredible. Was there anyone else you missed um, on the cast who needs uh, recognition? Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know. I'm just looking at the cast right now. No, I think we don't have um, anybody. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so do we have any uh, Tucci news for this week? <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> it's right. not well, like... Current news, but... I mean, it, September, we, it, we're recording this in September. Uh, <laughs> this is the September cover issue of the in-flight magazine for Virgin Atlantic, which is known as Vera, or Vera, I'm actually not sure. Um, <laughs> and they, they did a cover story on him, so I thought we would read some selections from that. Uh, Hannah, do you want to start? Hollywood is fickle. You can never tell what's going to work out. Stanley Tucci knows that better than most. Over a career of nearly 40 years, he has done it all. There have been indie classics, Margin Call, Megawatt Comedy, The Devil Wears Prada. I would not call The Devil Wears Prada a Megawatt Comedy. Why why not? It's It's funny. It's funny, but like, 
Is comedy its, like, main... I think so. Like, okay. Right. I mean, this is... They're just basically going over why we picked Tucci as a subject in the first place, is that he does so many different kinds of films. We're not really seeing Mm -hmm. too much of that yet. I mean, we've seen, like, family comedy and, you know, goofy action comedy, and we've seen... Uh, you know, period mob. drama, mob drama, and uh, mob action. Basically, those yeah. are... Yeah, he's, he's definitely sort of shoehorned at this point. And right, a mostly little bit more as, confined. As, as criminals, as the criminal <laughs> element. Um, right. But, you know, he he's he's definitely, an, uh, you know, he's, he's got variety to come. That's for yeah. sure. Things yeah. that he's never done before. He's done stage he's... and song and documentary. He's been nominated for every award going and won most of them uh to his millions of admirers tucci has been has long been one of the most welcome on-screen presences dry rye and spry which i love that i'm gonna i'm gonna use that able to conjure an ocean of warmth and intelligence with an impish glance for all that however he has never quite crossed over from that guy from that thing to leading man i'm the guy where producers will say we love him but we're going to come to him once we cast the lead, Tucci says, with one of his frequent laughs. I'm not the guy they need to make the movie. It's true. It's true. I mean, like, a movie would be made with or without him, so we can't blame any of, like, his bad movies on him. Um, right. But we can blame all of his successes on him, which is, is good. <laughs> uh, What's more, despite COVID halting film and TV production around the world, Tucci is emerging from these strange months with his reputation not only intact, but enhanced. At 60, an age when other actors are moving into the autumn of their career, Tucci star has never been brighter. As the new virus stalked the planet, Tucci twice managed to go unexpectedly viral himself. That's a bad pun. In March last year, he posted a clip blunt filmed of him making a Negroni in their kitchen at home, whether it was thanks to his familiar gravelly voice, measured cadences, twinkling eye, large biceps, or simple lockdown delirium, the video blew up. It received millions of views. The Guardian ran an article entitled, Why is Stanley Tucci making a Negroni so hot? (laughs) Suddenly he wasn't just an actor, he was a lifestyle. I don't know what happened, he says. It was so weird. I made this video and my wife told me to put it up on Instagram. All of a sudden, it was everywhere. And everywhere I'm saying, I was a sexy bartender. I was like, boy, <laughs> people are desperate. <laughs> they were at home and the liquor stores weren't shut. There's plenty lined up. He has another book out in October, a memoir through food. Uh, He says, I wasn't sure if I could write enough about food, but I think people are interested in catering on sets and how to depict food. Big Night, the Mm -hmm. 1996 film that he wrote, directed, and starred in, is a rarity, a brilliant movie about restaurants. Food is hard to do well on screen, Tucci says. I think what made Big Night work is that it's about failure. Food movies are always about success. Who cares about success? It's much more interesting (laughs) to watch somebody fail. Then I can connect with them. I think, like, that's such an actor's, you know line sure yeah but also i think it's a writer's kind of uh kind of thing as well yeah then there's the king's man the latest installment in the kingsman series the franchise built upon firth more cnn food series are planned for the first time in his life tucci feels in control it's exciting he says as an actor you go through so many ups and downs there's so many periods where you're like I have a house and all these children. How come I don't have a job? <laughs> Even with the start of the pandemic, I was like, why am I still waiting? 
Four decades after he started out, Tucci's waiting days just might be over. Cheers to that. Cheers indeed. I didn't know he was going to be in the new Kingsman. Uh, Kingsman. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense, though, with being in Firth in this last film. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's how he he sort of operates. You know, he's in a film with someone and they're like, hey, want to be in my next movie? And he's like, sure, sounds great. I mean, I think he just, he makes an impact, you know? if Mm -hmm. As soon as he's on your brain, you know, he's Mm -hmm. immediately, like, perfect for any movie that you have, you know? It's like, what do you need him for? He can do it. (laughs) he's like that perfect pop song earworm that like you know it's not number one but it sits solidly at like number 10 for months so i believe this was the actually the first place where he reported that he had uh tongue cancer and yeah you know that can be detrimental for an actor you know especially if it leads to problems with speaking i mean that's um you know that's part of what happened with um val kilmer um, mm-hmm. You know, he had mouth and throat cancer, I believe, and uh, it, it made it very difficult for him to to talk for a long time, and it you know really hurt his his ability to act. So right. I mean, we're all really glad that Tucci is is healthy right now, but I mean that's a scary thing he's to go out through. Out of the woods, for sure, for sure. Um, stay strong, Tucci. Yep. <laughs> uh, next this time, this is a bummer we'll... way to end. <laughs> Yeah, next time we'll have uh, some more Tucci for you. Don't worry. It's it's still coming. There's still plenty to go. Uh, and, and just remember, uh, you know, bad. Balls drilling direction. Balls attitude direction. Attitude direction. All right. See y'all later. Some of you don't know the name, but that's that guy from the Hunger Games. Transformers the last night. Beauty and the Beast and Spotlight. Writer and director of Big Night. Gang, Gang, Gang.